Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Great People Show. I am your host, J.J. White. And in The Great People Studio with me, of course, is Mr. James Muncy, our co-host. Welcome. Good morning, James. Good morning. What's up? How you doing? I'm fantastic, man. Good. I mean, I'm a little jacked up this morning. I'm. Uh, I really? I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Good. I'm. I'm wound up. I'm pretty wound up like a top, <laughs> and I'm not sure why. Maybe it's the subject. Maybe it's all the coffee you were pounding before. No, the show. I didn't pound any coffee. No. No, okay. I didn't pound any coffee. I'm noticing you were without a monster this morning. I am. I am a. Water today. Is this a new, is this a, did you just forget or <laughs> did you not have time or is this a new thing? I just felt like water today. There's change in it's, the air. Ch- I'm changing it up. There's change in the air. Well, whether you're listening to us on live radio on 97.7 FM in Richmond, Facebook live at facebook.com slash great people show or rebroadcast via Apple podcast, hit subscribe when you get there. Thank you for being here and allowing us to be part of your journey to the truest version of you. Dare I ask, James, do you like change? Only if I initiate it. I think you're, uh, I think you're addicted to change, personally. Change can be good. Uh, change, think, I'm not scared of change. I don't think you can live without some change. Yeah. I, don't, I, I, I think you get too restless. Do you, so do you like change? Yeah. Yeah, I really do. I like it a lot. I don't, I don't, like, I don't think I like it as much as you do. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't go looking for it, but every so often. Yeah. I have a tendency to get very bored and so yeah. I have to change it up to sort of keep things fresh. That's why I think that about you. You told yeah. me that one time. I'm thinking, yeah, I think James just likes the, you know, it's it's every it's every, it's good every once in a while just to go over and knock over the Jenga set just to have to rebuild it. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I don't mind it. Uh, my my spouse, on the other hand, not uh, not so Ooh, much. Tell me about that. What's up with that? I, she she just. Like so many people, she is not real big on change. Uh, even if that change is an upgrade, uh, somehow she's uh-huh, just gonna... she she enjoys she enjoys the status quo. She you know we're going to talk about that today. Even when upgrading, change can be difficult. Yeah, that's true. So I have a question for our audience: Are you a decorator or are you a designer? Let's pretend you want to improve the look of the interior of your home. You know what you like, and you have a pretty good idea of what you want. What a decorator is going to do is come to your home, walk around, take pictures, ask you questions, and end up giving you exactly what you asked for. What a designer is going to do is the same. They'll come to your home, walk around, take pictures, ask you questions, but it will end differently. They will probably not give you what you asked for. They'll get you uncomfortable. They will give you something you could never have imagined for yourself. That is what a designer does. So I'm asking you this question. Are you ready to change? You're perfectly designed for the results that you're currently getting in your life. Your marriage is perfectly designed for the results it's getting. Your relationship with your children, perfectly designed. Your company is perfectly designed for the results it's currently getting. Your wife comes home and says, honey, let's start a diet tomorrow. Why? Because you're both overweight. Well, right now, you're perfectly designed for the weight that you have, okay? So how are you going to redesign in your life to get different results? Please don't tell me eat better, work out more, drink more water. Those aren't redesigns. Those are just new decorations that probably with time will come down, okay? 
it's not in the fleeting moment of thought when we say to ourselves, you know, I'd like, I'd like my life to be different in this area when we make the change. It's when we literally can't live with the current reality anymore that we're going to make or want to make that change. Michael Neal once wrote, one of the greatest ironies of the human condition is that we seem most motivated to make dramatic changes at precisely the moments we are the least equipped to do so. One of my favorite books is called Change or Die. And from this book, in 1993, Dr. Dean Ornish, a professor of medicine at the University of California at San Francisco, convinced the Mutual of Omaha Insurance Company to pay for an unusual experiment. The researchers recruited 194 patients who suffered from severely clogged arteries. Folks, they were getting ready to die, okay? In this trial, the staffers helped them to quit smoking and switch to an extreme vegetarian diet. The patients met for group conversations twice a week. They also took classes in meditation, relaxation, yoga, and aerobic exercise, which became a part of their daily routine. Check this out. The program lasted for only a year, and after that, they were on their own. But two years later, after the program ended, only 77% had stuck with their lifestyle changes and safely avoided heart surgery. 77%. They were faced with death, and 23% went back to their old habits. Are your goals right now worth living for? Are they worth living a better life? More importantly, are the people in your life getting the best of who you were designed to be? If not, I wager they aren't, and it's time to change or die. James? I'm going to have a heart attack over this situation, buddy. I'm jacked up. <laughs> Pull me from the edge. How I do you re- think about this change thing? I love the uh, I love the analogy to the designer versus the decorator. Uh, of the few things that come out of my mouth, I actually created that. Did you really? I'm going to pridefully say that's my content. That needs to go into your book. Uh, that, no, that's... that's <laughs> got the first chapter of the book right there. <laughs> change, or, change, well, change or die is another book. But yeah. Now, that's, that's good stuff because when so many of us do talk about wanting to make changes in our lives. A lot of the time, like you said, it's just, it's, it's decorating instead of redesigning. They they want, uh, they want the different result. Yeah. But very few people are willing to run the gauntlet to get there. Yeah. Well, they're unwilling and and they don't, they don't want to, again, you know, they're, they're comfortable. I mean, you know, diets are, diets are hard because we enjoy the lifestyle that we're living that may not have the best food choices, Mm -hmm. may not have exercise choices in there. And, that change, like any other, it's, it's tough to make, right? Isn't change really two things battling it out on which one you want more? Yes. Because the reason diets fail is because you want the Oreo right now more than you want to lose 20 pounds six months from now. That's right. And that Oreo is instant gratification where that weight loss is going to take months and months I think and it's months. a legitimate decision. I think choosing the Oreo is, is, is legit. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I, I, yet, you know what I'm choosing a lot of? I'm choosing a lot of Girl Scout cookies this week. I know it's been everywhere. Well, you don't realize how many boxes you order from all your friends until they really start to show up. And you're like, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. No, it's, it's in our break room at the office. It's, a, it's everywhere I go. And how do, you, how, do you, how, how do you resist it? Because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to eat all these cookies way more. Just one is more than I probably should be eating. And then I'm going to wonder when, the, when the, starts, the sun starts coming up earlier and staying out longer and getting warmer and you get a chance to go to the beach... And you get ready to put on that bathing suit and you say to yourself, you know, I probably shouldn't have eaten all those Girl Scout cookies three months ago. Yeah, it probably, it probably wasn't worth it. Hindsight's so you, always twenty twenty. You said earlier you, you like change because um, you can get bored too yeah. easily. So you're going to be our subject matter expert today on how to change. Because I, 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 in researching for the show, I've been in the change business for 20 years. Mm-hmm. 
I really thought I knew behavior change until I started digging into this subject and realizing, oh my gosh, this is deep. I want to do several shows on this topic because it does become a foundation of what we're asking you, the listener, to do, which is make some changes in your life so that you can better fulfill your purpose. So we have a lot to talk about today, folks. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going, to, we're going to start really talking about why this change is, is so hard. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show. We'll be right back. Now back to The Great People Show. So why is change so hard? Before we keep talking about that, James just confessed to me the reason he's not <clears throat> sitting with a monster energy drink on the table, which I thought was a productive change. He slammed half a five-hour energy this morning. I did. Well, I appreciate you being honest I confess. with me. Thanks for confessing. Yeah, I don't do that, that every morning. I Honestly, I like to ha- I like to be full of energy for the show. Well, that's good. I'm not a morning person. I drink something called a spark. That kind of keeps me even keeled. Doesn't get me all jacked up. I, I've done the coffee thing here before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen it. And it gets me really wild and, and, and crazy. And then I crash. So why is change so hard? Number one reason, everything in our life is already perfectly designed for what we have and who we are. And that is good enough for most people. I mean, perfectly designed, James. No one can argue that. Exactly everything in your life, everything is perfectly designed. Yeah, read that one more time because that's that's huge. Everything in our life is already perfectly designed for what we have and who we are. And that is good enough. It's it, there's, there's complete balance in there. So people say, you know, I'm out of balance. I need to balance myself. Well, mm-hmm. actually, you're in perfect balance with who you are right now, meaning the thoughts that you have, the words that you speak, the, and just as importantly, the decisions that you make mm-hmm. are keeping you perfectly balanced. Even though you may think you're totally out of balance, you're, you're actually perfectly balanced. So you've got to pull some mechanism somewhere, right? Something's yeah. got to change. We're comfortable, right? We don't like to, you know, when you're sitting on that, that most comfortable chair in your house, you don't want to stand up and move somewhere else. And, and here, here's the deep thought. You're, you're actually very comfortable. You're, people think that they're uncomfortable, but they're really comfortable yep. because you're in this perfect state of balance, even yep. though it may totally suck emotionally, physically, attitudinally, you are perfectly designed for that state at that moment. Yep. That the only thing that's going to make that different is some, some, some sort of change. And, and we'll talk a little bit more later about how to create that change. It is way more complicated than I ever thought it was. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be the first one to confess. When I started to really dig into this, I, I found some psychology. It was, oh my gosh, how, how do we even get anything done in this world, knowing that's what it takes to truly change? Uh, the, other, the other big barrier, why change is so hard, is we think it needs to be this event. Mm-hmm. Like you just wake up one day and just quit smoking. And I know if some people that's done it cold turkey, God bless them. If that works for you, go for it. That's a tiny percentage of success. Yep. Massive change is not an event. Little change really isn't an event, but we kind of hinge it on the event. And when that event doesn't happen, then we give up. We don't think it's possible. Change is a long drawn out process of small changes. And since we don't see the event, we don't think change is happening and we give up. Okay. Another reason change is so hard is we don't have the patience to stick with that long drawn out process. Mm -hmm. And that is getting worse in society. Like everything in, in instant gratification is just completely manipulating our mind. That we need to have it, we need to have it right now. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And and I would guess there are listeners out there now who are facing challenges around change from from 
huge decisions such as do we do we want to have a, a, a baby right now, which is yep. going to invoke huge change in yep. our lives. Do we want to buy a house? Do I want to make that leap and change jobs? And then there are all those smaller changes, you know, in our, you know, my wife and I were talking the other night, we've got this sofa that we've had for over a decade and it probably needs to be replaced, but it's so comfortable. We like it. It's just, I can't imagine. It's worn in. It's worn in. Thank you. It's broken in. It's broken in. And, and, and the small change too. And it doesn't matter if it's a huge change or a tiny change. Again, we're, whether it's because we're comfortable, whether it's because we're scared that we're not going to like the change. Mm -hmm. It's for all different reasons, and it's it's tough to make that leap, if, if whether it's a huge one or a tiny one. I think that's a good point because sometimes if we aren't sure it's going to be good for us, it's usually not our decision. That change is something that's being inflicted upon us, something at work, something from our spouse, something from our children. If, if you are being resistant to change, it's probably because someone else is creating it around you. Mm-hmm. That the reason you're not getting change, if it is your idea— is a totally different mind structure. Mm-hmm. It, it's a totally different mind structure. Uh, another reason why change is so hard is we usually go about it the, the the hardest way, which is alone, direct, brute force, all at once. That's that's our nature, especially if you're a driver personality. Yep. And to me, that's that's one of the worst ways to go at change. I can't tell you how many people I've seen in, in my in my practice, whether it be the coaching or the training or just consulting inside of organizations, is how they just go brute force with things. Mm-hmm. Let's just do it and do it quick. Let's let's make it surgical. People can't handle that kind of change. So if you're a leader out there right now and you're face-to-face with, with change, please don't hit people over the head with it. It just doesn't work. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Another reason, we have no idea what the imp- entire process should look like. And my analogy here is, is running a marathon. Uh, I have never been a runner in my life until about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was challenged to run a mile, or actually I was challenged to run an 8K. I challenged myself, well, let's just run a mile. Yeah. Let's just get one. Let's just knock one out and see how it goes. I thought I was going to die. I really <laughs> thought I was going to die. And it was all I could do to get through that mile. Well, when you know that your goal is 8K, uh, it's, it's easy to quit at a mile, but it's not easy to quit at four or five miles because yeah. you're so close, okay? Yep. If you know you're running a half marathon, it's easy to quit at mile one. It's really hard to quit at mile 10 because you're just so close. You know what that journey looks like. When I was training for a marathon, uh, I, I frequently quit in my training runs. If I had to run a 20-mile training run, I was going to quit at 18, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. At that moment, 18 was good enough for me because sure. I was literally, literally going to die, Yeah. okay? So when we know what the journey looks like, we know when it, when it starts. We know what halfway looks like. We know what finish looks like. It's a lot easier to stick with something. I think most of us, most of you get into change because you don't have any idea what the actual journey looks like. You haven't sat down and really thought about, well, what is the real goal and when's it supposed to happen and what's it supposed to look like? Oftentimes with change, you just jump right into it. It sucks. And you say, forget this. I'm out. Yeah. So we quit. So... Anything you want to add to why it's so hard? I mean, th- these are just a few things I came up with. No, I mean, I think those are all great examples. To me, the biggest one for most people really is it's 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 either because you're comfortable or it's because of your fear of the unknown. Yeah. There's nothing scarier about a change than thinking that you may have been happier before you Ooh. made the change. You know, I have a friend Ooh. who 
has a great job opportunity right now, but it would mean him moving about a thousand miles away. Mm-hmm. So major change in, in everything. I mean, the kids' school, the, the community they live in, obviously his job. And he's like, you know, James, well, what if I get there and, and the job isn't what I think it is? What if I get there what if, what and if, we, we don't like the community? What if, what if, what if. Exactly. So, you know, that fear of that fear of regretting the change keeps us from from undergoing it a lot. This takes me back to the show we had a few weeks ago when Yetta was here on surrender. Mm-hmm. Your friend needs to surrender. I don't know what direction he needs to surrender to. But anytime you start getting into these conversations with yourself, what if, what if, what if, what if, you're really just trying to talk yourself into it or out of it. That's all you're really doing. Yeah. I understand risk aversion. You're, 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 you're in the kind of the industry of managing risk and whatnot. And, but on the business side of it, the process side of it, those are, those are calculated risks. When you get into the people side of it, we're so dysfunctional when it comes to our risk aversion and risk management and decision-making. I mean, we're pretty screwed up. Human no, we, beings we are. are pretty screwed up, James. We are. And, and to that point, you know, most most of what I do for a living is I, I help people to acquire a business. Mm-hmm. And a line that I use with people all the time, because it's so true, you, you're always going to be able to find a reason not to complete this deal. You could probably name 20 of them. You know, you're about to, to personally guarantee... Yeah. Sometimes millions of dollars. Uh, put up your house. Put up everything you have, mm-hmm. and and it's a huge change for these people. And they've got to make the, be the ones to make the decision. But you can always find a reason to yeah. talk yourself out of making that change. I, I wonder if we have a listener right now anywhere that's going through a big decision in their life, and they're asking themselves a lot of what ifs, and you're not really sure what what that change is going to look like. If you want to come on the air and share it with us, we're here eight zero four four five four one three six six. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, the The ultimate reason why s- so many of us want things to be better mm-hmm. is because we're not happy with the status quo. But that is the number one thing that keeps us from obtaining that. And you've probably been through these exercises or, or at least read the books where they say, what do you want people saying about you at your funeral? When everyone looks back and, and, and at the end of your time and you look back, what are some things that you want to make sure that you have no regrets over? Yeah. And as we heard in our initial study that even when faced with death in that particular study, 23% of the people weren't willing to change their habits, stick with the habits to save their life. And if, and if you're not willing to make a change that's going to save your life, what change are you willing to do? Amen. There, there's nothing left, right? Amen. But we're all living in the moment right now. We've got these things going on in our lives that we need to make the change for Actually, yesterday, and um, I, I want to help our, our, our I want to help you, the viewer, the listener, wherever you're catching us right now, to really think hard about what is at least one major thing that needs to change in your life. And I don't talk about going on a diet. That's not what I'm talking about. Losing some weight. I get that. Now, if you're one of the folks that was part of that heart disease study, yeah, that's probably yeah. A, a priority for you. But we're talking about a major change of who you are in this world. Maybe you find yourself just being a little too angry. Maybe you say some things to people that you wish you wouldn't say. Maybe you walk around with a, a chip on your shoulder or a bad attitude. Maybe you're scared of something and you just don't want to live like that anymore. It just doesn't make any sense. It's just driving you crazy. And I hate to say it, but right now you're perfectly designed to keep carrying that around. 
No doubt. You're perfectly designed for that. So today's the day to stop doing it. And one of the exercises that I've, I've used and I've seen people do is to write this thing out. Write it out on a piece of paper in great detail of what needs to change. Mm-hmm. Take it and rip it up into tiny little pieces. Find a metal trash can or a fire pit or a little, one of those little furnaces outside, whatever, <laughs> and, and burn it. Burn it. Watch it turned into ashes. Because we need to make a statement that something needs to change. And, and when we come back from our break in just a moment, we're going to talk about how to know where you're at in that process and some things that you specifically need to do. After you write it down and after you burn it, you got to get busy. You got to take action because most of the reasons why we don't change is it never leaves our head. It just swirls around. Yeah. It, it just never leaves our head. And we've all been there. I'm right there right now. Yeah. You are. We all Absolutely. are all the time. We want this radio show to be bigger. Well, I need to go out and do things to make it bigger. I can't just keep showing up and hoping that it gets bigger. You've got to be the catalyst of you that change. You have to be the catalyst. So don't go away, folks. We're going to keep talking about change. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show will be right back. Now back to The Great People Show. So we have some things going on here that starts to get into some really deep technical stuff. Right. That we, 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 need to, we need to spice it up a little bit. We, we need to get real about this. We need to get more um, common sense approachable things with this thing here that I'm about ready to go through. So let's keep it all straight. All right. Okay. So from Psychology Today, which is one of the best, one of our favorite great people websites. It is. Um, the trans theoretical model of behavior change. I feel like a college professor all of a sudden. Created by James... Prochaska? Prochaska, great guy. You just like his first name. Identifies the various stages through which individuals move when attempting to adjust old habits or form new behaviors. So w- what he's saying is um, you can't just go out and change something and then just expect to stay in one stage with it. It's, it's, it's a process. Mm-hmm. Multiple things have to happen. A linear progression through stages is not the norm Individuals, this is this is what really got me thinking hard. Individuals tend to move back and forth through the stages, recycling through them until the change becomes fully established. And if you're ever heard of the, the term structural tension, and this goes back to what we've been saying, you're perfectly designed for the results you're currently getting. Right. Structural tension means when you try to change anything in your life, anything in your marriage, anything in your relationships, anything in your business, there's a natural tension that's going to keep pulling you back to that perfect equilibrium. Gotcha. No matter what it is. Yeah. I mean, when you say that, what I think of is somebody who's trying to make a change by, let's say, quitting smoking and yep. they go two weeks without a cigarette and then one day they have one. Well, I actually walk through a very quick example and it's, it's, it's better visual. So if you're watching us on facebook.com slash great people show, just watch my hands as I pretend to put something on an imaginary whiteboard. And if you're a visual person on the radio, then just clear your mind of anything and imagine <laughs> what I'm talking about. Right. So you've got four squares. Okay. That are in a square formation. Mm -hmm. So the goal is to lose weight, right? So there's multiple things you can do to lose weight. What's the most common thing to do when you lose weight? Change your eating habits. Change your eating habits. And you can even break that down further. 
And we're going to go with, I'm going to eat less. Okay. Because in a general sense in society, we just, our portions are too big, right? Yep. So now we're going to draw an arrow over to that other box. Okay. We're going to eat less. Now, what happens when you eat less? You should lose weight, but, but you're hungry. You're hungry. Yeah. Right. So hunger kicks in. So now you've got an arrow going to the bottom left called, I'm now hungry. Mm-hmm. What do we do when we get hungry? Try to eat food. You you eat. You eat yeah. more food. So now we're going over to that bottom right square with an arrow. Whoosh, okay. Yep. So eating more food. And what happens when we eat more food? We don't lose weight. We gain more weight. Possibly. So now we're back up to the original box with a new arrow. Whoosh. That's structural tension. That's yeah. a nasty cycle of when we try to change. And it's it's like literally having a gigantic rubber band around our waist and we're running and it just keeps pulling us right back. So nobody would disagree with what you just said. So the question is, how do we how do we break the tension, JJ? Let's um let's dig just a little deeper into this trans theoretical model of behavior change. All right, we should have our own great people phrase for that. That's a little <laughs> too deep for me. So there's six phases that we go through in change. The first is not ready, mm. meaning the behavior is not seen as a problem. Mm. And the in the worst situation that you can get into is whenever you want someone to change their behavior. And everyone else sees that, and you see that, and you try to talk to that person, and they don't even see it, but we keep pushing. And we keep pushing, and we keep pushing. Folks, we're talking about you and your own behavior change. We're not talking about how you help someone else change behavior. Because if they're not ready, there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. They'll run from that. They'll it'll actually push them further away. The next phase is getting ready, meaning people, you have now recognized that there is some problematic behavior. Something has caused you to recognize it. Then you're ready. That's number three. You start to take action as number four. Then you get into this number five called maintenance, where you have to sustain the action for at least six months. Mm. You have to. And then the ultimate, which they label termination, I love it, terminator, <laughs> is there's zero temptation. Right. Isn't, isn't that the ultimate goal of anything we want to change? And I love the word they use. There's zero temptation because whatever you're trying to change, there was a reason why you were there to begin with. And you were very tempted to get there. And you will always be tempted to come back. That's why when you go through Alcoholics Anonymous, you're always an alcoholic. Because you cannot ever eliminate the temptation. Right. It will always be there. They say zero temptation. Uh, I don't think there's such thing as 0.00 temptation. I think it's always going to be there to pull you back. Whether it's food, whether it's relate the way you treat people, whatever that changes. Right. Whatever that changes. So it seems to me, and, and set me straight here. It seems to me that that what we just talked about is a very realistic and useful model for people who want to change habits. Okay. So I can I can see that whether you're talking about losing weight or quitting smoking or quitting drinking uh, or changing your attitude toward things. Other changes that people are faced with, some of the, which we've talked about, changing careers, mm-hmm. changing where you live, changing whether you have children, maybe changing your marital status. Um, these are, are other big changes that people struggle with mm-hmm. that maybe the model would be slightly tweaked for, for something like that. Is that Well, this is for <clears throat> the trans-theoretical model of behavior change. Behavior change. So we're right. talking about behavior, behavior change. You're right. Mm-hmm. You nailed it. This is for behavior and habit. This is not necessarily even related to... Uh, I've got an opportunity to take a new job mm-hmm. or take a promotion mm-hmm. or move somewhere, right? That's 
that's another, that's more, I would call that situational change, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I have an opportunity to divorce my spouse. What should I do? Yeah. That's kind of supposed to be funny, but okay. anyway. I hope so. It falls flat when we actually don't have an <laughs> audience here laughing at, because you're not going to laugh at my jokes. Never. Asher never laughs. No, he laughs, laughed. No, he's laughed. I mean, he laughs, but he's, he's never laughed at my joke. No. Not that I'm aware of. No. Have you? He's looking very angry right now. Have you now. ever laughed at a joke? I don't, I'm, I'm not even sure if I tell jokes on the show, but. Well, if you're not, if you don't remember Asher, certainly there's a good chance he's never laughed at my jokes. They're more like puns. I don't, I don't know. They're not called jokes. I don't, I don't tell jokes. No. Right. Um, so, so these are relating to, to changing, changing your behavior. Like you said, changing habits. Correct. Which are things that pretty much all of us, I know there are certain things I need to change. What? In my behavior. Like what? Well, What's I that need... laundry list? Actually, uh, can we get Catherine on the phone? <laughs> that would be She's busy. That would be Catherine. If you're listening, call us in the no. studio at 804-454-1366 and help James get a nice laundry list of things that you'd like to see him change around the house. You know, I certainly need. I certainly need to make some changes to my to my physical fitness habits. I mean, okay. that's that's definitely now, this a, is a interesting. change I need to make. You used to be skinny as a freaking rail, dude. Yeah. You went through some. Uh, were we in Rotary when you did we that? We were. Like you, you looked sick. Yeah. I mean, you were. You had lost so much weight. I was like. I think James might have cancer. Yeah. Like it was, you were, it was, I mean, it was all intentional on your part. You, you both, oh, uh, is she texting you? She is. Oh, she, does she want to join no, but us? Keep talking. You're no, right. No, I want to hear what no, she said. She will never, she, she, she won't, no, she won't, she, it's oh, just a little on. emoji. Oh, um, so no, you're right. And so what was that about? Because you went the, like hardcore with that. So you and I have known each other for a long time mm -hmm. and you know that I tend to be someone of extremes. Yeah. Um, and so you know, I went, the pendulum swung way the other way. I got, you know, and it's like you said, JJ, not ready, getting ready and ready. So getting for me with that journey, number three was the hardest thing was getting to where I was truly ready. There's a difference okay. between saying, you know, I'd really like to lose a few pounds and I am ready to lose a few pounds. Yeah. Um, so and, you weren't and, ready for a while and then you started getting ready. And then you were, I got ready. Yeah, you were and, it. and yep. My kind of, I have a sort of, my behavior, I tend to go all in or, or go home. And I went, I went all in. And like you said, I lost way too much weight. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was even difficult with a lot of the firefighting stuff I do. I literally wasn't, I didn't have the mass I needed to yeah. do that you job. You lost muscle tone. You yeah. lost everything. Yeah. Well, you and lose everything. But No, you're yeah. right. And so, so I said, okay. And so then that pendulum started swinging the okay. other yeah. way yeah. again. And you, you, you had conscious thoughts. I need to go eat this Big Mac because I need to get some more mass. Well, it wasn't so much the Big Mac, but it's just, but it was, done. it was, it was a matter of, okay, gosh, I need to, I need to, I need to put on some more weight. Well, so what happens is you start embracing those old habits mm -hmm. again, because that's how we put a little weight back on. And just then a little bit at a time. It just exactly. It just trickles and it gets more and more and more and more. And before you know it, you're right back to where you started. So what I hear you saying is the same process that we went through earlier on the show on why it's so hard to change is kind of the exact same process that brings us back to that perfect state of where we were before. Yeah. And I use the word perfect if you're just joining us because we established early and we're perfectly designed for everything that we currently have in our life. Mm -hmm. the, the key is what can we change in order to get something a little different? And when we come back, we're going to start breaking into, there are 10 processes of change to give people hope, confidence, and a plan 
to make change happen in your life. Don't go away, folks. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show will be right back. Now back to The Great People Show. I'm a little jacked up this morning. I can tell. No monster, no five-hour energy, just jacked up on Great People Show, on life. Ten processes of change. Number one, and there's a tech, we've got a technical term for it, but Mm. then we have like our own little term for it. Okay. Okay. Consciousness raising. That's the technical word for it. All right, yeah. Step one. Also known as getting the facts, increasing awareness via information, education, and personal feedback about the healthy behavior. And even though it says healthy here, I do think this applies to the situation you're talking about earlier Mm -hmm. about do I take the new job? Do I stay in this relationship? Because I know there's people listening out here right now. You're you're facing a lot of big decisions. You're wondering, do I even want to stay in the company that I'm in? Do I want to stay in the job? Do I even like what I'm doing? Do I want to stay in this relationship? Should I give this thing another shot? Um you're faced with changes all day long and, and our natural reaction is just to kind of put, put a blanket on everything, yeah. protect ourselves. And, and sometimes it's because it's, it's easier to maintain the status quo. Yeah. And sometimes it's because we've made some other big changes in our lives that we've regretted. Yes. And I think that actually can move you to two different options, either staying exactly where you're at because you're afraid of making the mistake twice Mm-hmm. I know it sounds awkward, but just follow me here. Or it's going to make you make the change because you regret not making that change. And that's a dangerous place to be in because you should not make your decision based on that alone. That's craziness. You know, well, you know, I passed up that other promotion, so maybe I should take this one. Why would you do that? Just because you passed one up that turned out well doesn't mean you should do this one. They're two completely different decisions that you need to make a change mm-hmm. around. And we base, it's so irrational that we base these decisions on just our personal experience on something that was similar that, that's a that's a great point, but it's human nature to do that. Oh, and yeah. We have to. You've got to. You've got to take a minute and ground yourself and 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 think about it that way. Yeah, totally. So uh, another another process called dramatic relief, also known as paying attention to your feelings, feeling fear, anxiety, or worry because of the unhealthy behavior, or feeling inspiration and hope when you hear about how people are able to change to healthy behaviors. This this is all rooted in feelings, and I hope I don't screw the quote up, that feelings are just, no, f- feelings are shadows of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Feelings are shadows of thoughts. Yet we bind ourselves to feelings and think we are helpless because I'm anxious right now where this person just hurt my feelings and they made me feel bad. No, it's the thoughts that you're letting sit in your head that is allowing that feeling, actually creating that feeling. You want to control your feelings, control your thoughts. That's what you think about when you come up with this goal and this change. You want to, you want to push through the feeling, change your thoughts. Hmm. Number three, self-reevaluation, which is also known as creating a new self-image, realizing that the healthy behavior is an important part of who, they, who you are and who you want to be. We talk about that on the show so much, is if you don't have a clear definition of who you really want to be in this world, and more, more specifically, the impact you want to have on other people, how do you even know what you're pushing towards? Mm. How do you even know that? And, and, a, and it's your self-image, because your self-image today is perfectly designed <laughs> for who you are today. Can't think we, I don't think we can say that enough on the no, show. I mean, it's, it's, that's huge. Environmental reevaluation is to notice your effect on others. To me, that's, people call that external awareness. That, mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest gaps I see 
in leaders and anyone that has influence over others. I don't have any background uh, backing of this statistic. I heard one time that the most introverted person in the world in a lifetime has the ability to impact 10,000 people. Wow. The most introverted. You had guys like you and I. Yeah. I mean, we're at a hundred grand easy, maybe a million. If you really keep putting yourself out there like that. So if you're caught up in yourself and these behaviors, you're like comfortable with who you are, but you know that you're just ticking people off around you everywhere you go. Well, then what, what, what good are you really? Right. That's, that's very true. And we all, and, and not to get off on a tangent, but we all know people in our lives who their whole, their whole reputation is they bring the people around them down. Oh yeah. And if you're one of those people, boy, that's a big change. You've got an opportunity to take. Here's another one. Social liberation. Notice public support. Realizing that society is more supportive of the healthy behavior, right? I mean, where are you going to go other than maybe you're auditioning for a role in a movie and they tell you you need to bulk up and gain some weight. Mm. Maybe you took a new job and you need to get more muscle mass. That's different, though. That's not even bulking up. That's just... That's just creating more muscle tone. You're not going to go anywhere. People are going to tell you, you know, you really should, you really should start taking out a few more Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. Night, man. Yeah. And you go, you know, you're right. I need to set that as a goal. So all you have to do is look around at society and realize, of course, we should do this. And, and we're really hung up apparently on the weight thing today for some reason. I don't know why I'm gearing. I think it's because it's easy to that's, understand. Yeah, that's the change that, you know, when you think of, okay, self-change, that is the first thing that comes to your mind. That's true. That's true. It's an easy one to talk about. Um, s- one of my favorite ones on here, if you look at it this way, self-liberation. Mm. We've talked about this. There's upper limits you've put on yourself. There's self-limiting beliefs that you've obtained that you have designed to keep you exactly where you are because it's comfortable. Make a commitment. You have to believe in your ability to change and making commitments and recommitments to act on that belief. And a part of this is it's okay to fail. We talked about earlier the cycle that you go through, right? It's okay to fail. It's okay to take a step back. But that's when most people quit. That's what, we, we are so caught up in perfection. We think, you, you really believe that it needs to be perfect. If it doesn't, if it's not perfect, then it's going to fail. Yep. That if I'm going to go on a diet or if I'm going to treat the people around me better and I lose my, my cool one time, we'll see, there you go, I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it wasn't going to work. In fact, I think many times you do things in your life to prove that you're not capable of changing. You self-sabotage things. Oh, no doubt. You throw a stick in your spokes and say, oh, I knew I was going to fall off the bike. Told you so. Told you so. Actually, told me so. (laughs) Told me so. I told me so, right? Uh, Helping relationships, getting support, finding people who are supportive of your change. This is something that I don't know why. I really don't know why we do this to ourselves, but we feel like that in order to achieve the best version of us, it always has to be by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like how many times have you gone and in, in, in a way confess to Catherine and say, I am so tired of being this way. Can you help me? Can you just hold me accountable? You know, we do talk about that. That's to, good. To be honest with That's you, good. We, we really, we really do. And she is endlessly supportive of my constant need for change. I'm shocked. She, I mean, I'm she is. She's my why enabler. Would she, why would she <laughs> ever be supportive of you changing? Um, why? That doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. But 
Um, <laughs> no, that's that's huge. And 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 whether whether that person is is your spouse, whether that person is a close friend, mm-hmm. uh, your parents, your your siblings, uh, you need a person like that or and people like that. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna challenge you a little bit on that. I think that person needs to be someone that has absolutely no horse in your race. I think the spouse, the 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 even the friend, is going to be a little what was the word? A little bit too enabling. They're going to be a little too nice about it. They're going to be a little too giving about things. I um, I don't want to call out by name. I should because it was a great thought. Is very successful commercial real estate guy here in town, mm-hmm. and his approach to people is. I don't want to be your friend because you can't fire your friend. I'm going to help you X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help you make money. I'm going to help you make a choice, but you need to be able to fire me if I don't do what you think I should be doing. We don't do that for our friends. We keep them around. They tell us what we want to hear. And even if they're challenging and you have a friend that pushes your buttons, even they have a little zone where they won't go with you. I like being around someone and I have a couple folks like this, they slap me around hard, James. They don't care. Mm-hmm. If I never called them again, they'd ne- I'd never hear from them again. I wouldn't consider them friends. I mean, we're friendly, but when we get together, it's the hard truth that comes out. Yeah, I think that it's, I think it's tough to get a truly unbiased mm-hmm. opinion from anybody. I think we have friends that are always naysayers in what we want to do, um, uh, yeah. you know. I mean, my, my, I used, I used my wife as an example. She's, she's very supportive of me, but I mean, she's, she's not going to let me, you know, crash into a crash head on into a wall. There's a book that I read years ago. I need to reread it called The Dream Giver. I think it's Mm -hmm. by Bruce Wilkinson. And he talks about how it's, most of it's a parable, but the people that are closest to you love you, how you perfectly are. Because if you start to change some things about you, it starts to change what you are for them. Mm-hmm. And they don't like that change. So they're actually going to be, in many cases, most cases, almost every case, the one force that you feel like you can depend on to help you make change, but they're going to be the most powerful force to keep you exactly where you are because it's in their best interest. And they usually don't mean to do it. I mean, think about it. When, when maybe you've had a business idea you're surrounded by some folks. The first thing they're going to say is, oh my gosh, where are you going to get the money to do that? And what if you go broke? And they're, they're doing it out of love, but they're trying to keep you exactly where you are. Yep. Exactly. And, and, and that's hard because those are the folks that we depend on the most to encourage us and to give us the hope and the strength to move forward. And then, and we're very conflicted about that. And sometimes you have to move those people, not out of your life, but at least to the side to go chase the dream that's going to require a whole lot of change in your life. Yeah. And I always tell people when they're making a big decision about business, I say, you know, talk to your advisors, talk to your support network, Mm -hmm. listen to what everybody says, take the nuggets that are valuable to you and then make your own decision. Three more before we, before we jump out of the show today to get back to helping more people become great in their life. Um, use substitutes, substitute healthy ways of acting and thinking for unhealthy ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, use rewards. I think that's the, uh, another big thing that we miss when we are creating change in our life is yes. we don't know how to reward ourselves whenever we make successes along the way. And manage your environment. Use reminders and cues that encourage healthy behavior substitutes. Uh, I, I've done that in my life. I've just surrounded myself with all these things that keep my mind actively engaged in what I should be doing. And 
today's topic was very much about change. We talked about weight loss. We talked about a lot of things, but this is about really being who you need to be for the people around you for the rest of your life. Rossi just told us on Facebook, many times we try to achieve long-term change with short-term strategy. Mm -hmm. We have to have long-term strategy that is not just us-focused. You have to decide exactly what you want out of this life, exactly what you're going to do about it, and get very, very intentional about that. Otherwise, you're going to be listening to this show a year from now, two years from now, wondering why hasn't anything changed? Yeah. And, and remember, folks, change isn't easy. If it was easy, we'd all do it a it's lot more. It's the hardest thing in the world. So Stick thank, with it. Thank you for being a part of our show. Uh, we come to you every week on 97.7 FM, Apple Podcast, Facebook.com slash Great People Show. Check us out on our website. I don't think we push enough people to our website. Yeah. We have a new website coming out here yep. sooner than later. We're really excited about it. We've got a lot of great ideas on, on ways to support you. On your journey to be the truest version of you, you were you were already born into greatness. That, that's a done deal. Case closed, right? The only thing in the way between you and being the best version of you to being great for other people is you today right now. So pick one thing today that you want to change for yourself that's going to have a dramatic impact on someone else's life. And that is what's going to manifest in your world today. Thank you, folks. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to The Great People Show. Oh, I want something just like this. Thanks for joining us. Tune in to The Great People Show again next week, Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Some superhero.